Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, there's not much you can do about rising prices, but you can counter them. We have five inflation-beating ways to save money on groceries, energy, travel, and more. Also this morning, while the Findlay First Edition is busy preparing for the upcoming season at summer camp this week, FFE parents are equally busy organizing and running the group's largest annual fundraiser. We'll get details. And before you know it, the Hancock County Fair will be upon us. And for 4-H club members, the countdown is already well underway. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, July 11th, 2022. And yes, you heard that correctly. Monday, July 11th. 7-Eleven, and uh, that means it is free Slurpee Day for the unofficial uh, 7-Eleven Day. Customers who stop in to a 7-Eleven store, which includes Speedway stores now, because uh, 7-Eleven owns Speedway now. So that's the reason I bring this up. We have a lot of, uh, not so many 7-Eleven stores in our area, but Speedway stores. You can go in. Uh, to a store today and get a free small Slurpee. You use the uh, 7-Eleven or the Speedway app and claim your free Slurpee day today. Or free Slurpee today for free Slurpee day is what I mean to say. So, definitely something to uh, to check out today. Other uh, celebrations, it is National Blueberry Muffin Day. National Mojito Day. Oh, by the way, uh, they have a, a special new flavor of uh, Slurpee. I guess, for free Slurpee Day today. It's uh, What the Fanta, because <laughs> what they're calling it. So uh, check that out. National Blueberry Muffin Day, National Mojito Day, National Cheer Up the Lonely Day. It is National Swimming Pool Day, All-American Pet Photo Day today. Share a photo of your pet on social media today. World Population Day, International Essential Oils Day and it is International Town Criers Day. It's just something that we don't have very many of anymore these days. Not too many people employed as town criers. They, we, I think we, it's a long lost art I think we need to bring back. It's <laughs> so you knew that this was probably something like this was going to happen at some point or another. A woman in Texas who was pulled over for uh, illegally driving in the carpool lane, says that her unborn child should count as a second passenger. (laughs) Brandy Batone was uh, around 34 weeks pregnant when she was ticketed for driving solo in the HOV lane in, um, was this the Dallas uh, area? It was late June... When uh, when this incident happened, now the uh, Texas Penal Code recognizes an unborn child as a person, but authorities say the state transportation code does not. So they have rejected her argument, but she says she plans to fight the ticket in court and that Texas law should be consistent in the way it defines a person. So stay tuned. He knew something like that was going to come up at some point. Uh, Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This is kind of interesting, really cool. Um, 
President Biden will uh, do the honors in unveiling the first full-color image from the James Webb Space Telescope today. Uh, The photo that will be revealed in a White House ceremony with NASA is the deepest view ever captured of the universe. The deepest view ever captured of the universe. It's uh, being called Webb's first deep field. And uh, the ceremony will take place at 5 o'clock this evening. And uh, more of the images from the Webb Space Telescope will be released online tomorrow morning at uh, the NASA website. But uh, it is quite the I guess they say that this uh, these photos will give some uh, hint as to the origins of the universe. So that's pretty cool, right? Check that out. Um. Something, another celestial story, but uh, a lot less uh, impressive than that. Uh, Also today, the stage is set for what is known as Manhattan Hinge. It happens twice a year when the sun sets in perfect alignment with the street grid of the island of Manhattan in New York City. (laughs) Manhattan Hinge. The term coined by renowned astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson is a reference to England's Stonehenge, uh, which has its own summer solstice moment. And this is (laughs) Manhattan Hinge (laughs) in New York City. So pretty excited about that. Uh, Let's see. A couple of other uh, interesting stories to get your uh, Monday morning started. You know how uh, companies... U.S.-based companies have for decades been moving their manufacturing facilities outside of the U.S. to find cheaper labor, cheaper materials. The pandemic, however, is causing some reversal in that trend. Um, And also the global supply chain issues uh, are driving this as well. Uh, Dodge Construction Network Chief Economist Richard Branch uh, Branch tells uh, Yahoo Finance The plants in the U.S., such as steel plants, steel mills, uh, battery factories for EV, electric vehicles, food production plants, sawmills, and other building materials plants have ramped up production and data shows construction of new manufacturing facilities in the U.S. have jumped 116% over the past year. He said it is certainly clear that manufacturers want more control and more predictability over their supply chains than what they have gotten used to over the past uh, past couple of decades. Uh, however, there is a risk in bringing some manufacturing back to the U.S. having to do with labor issues. A Deloitte survey found that 45% of manufacturing executives have turned down business opportunities because of a lack of workers and that attracting and retaining a quality workforce is the top focus for 83% of manufacturers. So kind of kind of interesting, that story. More manufacturing, just a, another uh, signal. The supply chain and the uh, after effects of the pandemic leading more leading companies bringing more manufacturing back to this country. But there are hurdles to overcome. Kind of interesting. And uh, I happened to see this on the Newswire this morning. The other buzzworthy stories. Something to think about as you get your Monday morning started. 
New research confirms the dangers of too much screen time for kids. Those who play sports, take music lessons, or socialize with friends are happier and healthier than children who are glued to a screen. (laughs) We can put this under the file of, duh. Do we really need a study, a scientific study to tell us this? Apparently so. Screen time, where you are sitting and watching TV or playing computer games or scrolling through social media for hours on end, is so detrimental because it's sedentary and usually not engaging. This is according to lead study author Rosa Ver- Vergara. She and her colleagues uh, looked, and I'm not sure um, what organization or university or who exactly conducted this survey. I just have the name of the author of the study. She and her colleagues looked at how nearly 62,000 kids between the ages of four and nine spent their time. Now, this study was conducted during the school year, so they were specifically looking at after-school activity, but I would think by extension, you'd be talking about the summertime and and, uh, all of this. Kids who... uh, Kids also completed uh, questionnaires about their well-being. Children who had played video games, watched TV, and used social media, again, after school in this study, but I think by extension it could apply anytime. Kids who played video games, watched TV, and used social media almost always had lower levels of well-being than their peers who took part in active after-school activities, or in this case, summer uh, activities, sports music lessons, actual socializing with friends, and so on. So, I, like I said, I saw this story, and <laughs> my first impression was, do we really need a study to tell us that getting out and socializing with real people or being active in some way is better than just sitting in front of the TV screen or playing computer games or lounging around on social media? Do we really need a study to tell us that? Or is that something that we probably should know inherently? Or maybe the fact that we need a study to tell us that tells us something about society as a whole, if you know what I mean. Anyway, just something kind of interesting. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, plenty of sunshine expected today with a high pushing 90. It'll be partly cloudy tonight, a chance of a storm, a low of 72. One person was killed and a suspect arrested in a shooting in the village of Cary over the weekend. Village police responded to the report of a man firing multiple shots into homes on Sunday morning. And one victim was taken to Blanchard Valley Hospital where they died. The suspect, a 51-year-old man from Cary, was taken into custody with the help of the Wyandotte County Sheriff's Office. And that shooting remains under investigation by the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation. The Fostoria Police Division has a new police chief. Gabe Wedge has been sworn in and takes over for the retiring Keith Loreno. Chief Wedge says he has no big changes planned. We have great officers here, so it makes the job a lot easier. Chief Loreno, in his time, has implemented uh, a lot of good things and got a, a lot of grants and stuff. The new chief says the department is dealing with manpower issues like many other departments, and he'll work on hiring and retaining quality officers. Get more of our interview with the new chief on the website. 
A strong tornado that heavily damaged an Ohio town last week traveled further than originally thought. The National Weather Service originally said Wednesday's tornado traveled two and a half miles through the heart of Goshen. But after viewing the damage from a state patrol helicopter, the survey team said the path of damage extended for four and a half miles. Steve Vaughn, ONN. Ohio health officials say a new COVID subvariant is beginning to take over in the Buckeye State. It's hitting people who've been infected by COVID before and even some of those who have been fully vaccinated. There is a lot of COVID out there. We, however, are not seeing increased hospitalizations. So we are seeing a decoupling from increased community cases from that in the hospital. So that's what's really different out there. Dr. Gastaldo says it's important to stay up to date on your booster shots. He also says vaccines are still preventing serious illness and vaccine makers are working on a vaccine that will protect against any variant. And local health officials say the community transmission level for Hancock County remains low. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So for the 13th consecutive year, the editors of the AARP Bulletin have dedicated their summer issue to sharing money-saving tips with their readers. And of course, with the nation facing its worst price inflation in decades, this has never been more important. Uh, Deputy Editor Neil Wertheimer is with us this morning. And Neil, first of all, it's worth pointing out right up front that many of these tips are relevant for everyone, not just AARP members and certainly not just seniors, right? Oh, I think, you know, frugality is important all the time for everyone. And in fact, if we teach these to our teens and 20-somethings, they'll just be so much more financially secure come 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, no question. And obviously, there's nothing we can do about this record inflation, but we can counterbalance it. So among the top tips from your summer issue, your top five, number one is uh, about saving on your energy bill. We know energy costs are up uh, over 30% this year, so how do we trim that down to size? So there's a few surprising ones, like unplugging all the devices in your house that you think are turned off. Um, They use a lot of energy, even if the device is off. It's particularly uh, important if the device has like a, a, a light indicator or like that clock radio in the guest bedroom that's showing the time all the time. Mm. Uh, if you unplug those, that's $100 a year, the Department of Energy estimates. Likewise, um, if you haven't already, change all the bulbs in your house to LEDs. Their costs have plunged. They use 9% of the energy um, compared to um, incandescent and older bulbs. Mm-hmm. That can save you $225 a year. Finally, when it comes to energy, it's all about the windows. You can lose up to 30% of your energy costs through the, your windows, be it winter or summer. Um, use uh, blinds that are energy efficient. Put an uh, energy-saving film on them. Use outdoor shutters. Just close the, um, uh, the, you know, the curtains if, if need be. But manage your windows intelligently, and they can really stop the heat transfer in and out of the house. Good examples of things that uh, individually may not seem like a big deal, but you put them all together, and it can really add up. You also talk about ways to save on your grocery bill, and as we know, food costs up over 10%, a 40-year high. Well, the number one thing we tell people is to eat all the food you bought last week when you shopped, because... (laughs) 
Americans throw out something like 30% of the food they buy. Yeah. It's kind of shocking when you think of how many times you throw out a wilted head of lettuce. You get in the habit of, say, designate a part of your refrigerator as the eat this now uh, space, where you put those last two apples from the bag or that half-eaten head of lettuce or the leftovers. Try to reduce the waste that right away will save you money. But when you get to the store, just be tactical. It's really actually kind of easy to save money on groceries. There are coupons that are in the flyer right inside the door. Uh, I saved, uh, I paid $1.99 on cherries last week. If I didn't find that coupon on that flyer, I would have paid $5.99. Wow. Get the Get the manager specials. Look for the tags on the shelves. If you pay full price for potato chips or ice cream ever again, shame on you because <laughs> they always go on sale every two or three weeks. Finally, and check yourself out at the, at the checkout line. If you use self-checkout, you, use, um, you buy less impulse items. Hmm. A, a lot of research shows. Interesting stuff there. Uh, the next one, I want to be a little bit careful uh, here with number three. Uh, why it matters to pay with the right card and with interest rates going up, adding any kind of debt at all is something to avoid. But what do we have here? Well, the modern day credit card often has a cashback function or option. And so if you spend a lot, let's say you have a large family to feed and spend a lot on groceries, go online, search for a credit card that offers a large uh, four or five percent Mm. Um, rebate or cash back on your grocery bills. If you pay that off each month, they are paying you four or 5% of your costs to use their card. Those are real savings. Yeah. Uh, savings uh, that can apply to any or all of these categories. Obviously we're into vacation season. Uh, you talk about saving money on travel. We know how airline and gas prices have gone through the roof. Well, the golden rule of vacation planning is to go off season. That beach house in October or April is a fraction of the cost of its, of what it would be in July or August. But apply that to your weekend getaways as well. I love this notion of designating Wednesday and Thursday as your weekend travel time. Mm. Um, hotels are cheaper. The tourist destinations are cheaper. Even some restaurants are cheaper if you do those little getaways during the week. Yeah, and if you can combine uh, midweek uh, midweek travel with shoulder season or off-season travel, you can save even that much more. So really good there. And this is the hidden one that can really be a money sucker, consolidating and cleaning up your subscription services. A lot of people don't realize that all those streaming services that you subscribe to are by the month. There is no there's no penalty, there's no hassle to turn it off for a couple months. So we recommend that you get that one streaming service you love and watch the movies, binge the series, catch up on the things you want to see a second time, but then turn it off and then turn on another streaming service and do the same. If you only have one streaming service on at a time, rather than just leaving it on all year, mm. you could save hundreds of dollars every year. Uh, and a lot of things that we similarly subscribe to for one specific reason or another that we neglect to cancel later and we just don't realize how much we're uh, spending on these things that we're not using at all moving forward. And 
And Everyone should look at their credit card statement yeah. every few months, top to bottom, really study it and look for those hidden fees. Because, yes, many of us are subscribed to things we don't even know we are. And these are just a handful of the 99 great ways to save from the summer issue of the AARP Bulletin. Where do we get more? AARP.org slash ways to save. You can get all 99 tips right there. We will link up to it on our webpage. Again, AARP Bulletin Deputy Editor Neil Wertheimer with us this morning. Neil, thanks very much. It's been my pleasure. Big week for Fitly First Edition. While the group is busy preparing for their upcoming season at summer camp, FFE parents are going to be equally busy organizing and running the group's largest annual fundraiser. And joining us this morning from Finley First Edition, uh, Kennedy Garmong and uh, Carter Riedel. Have I got that right? Did I get the names right? Yeah, thank you. I'm off to a good start on a Monday, along with uh, Director Kevin Manley. And Kevin, thanks very much for dropping by. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Appreciate it. Great to see you again. So, uh, camp this week. You really excited? Everybody excited? Yes, very yeah, excited. Yeah, I think we're all <laughs> ready to start this. It's gonna be um, a long week. Yeah, what it, what is what is camp like? I mean, is have you been through this before? Are you new uh, yeah. to the group, or you've been so, through? So I'm part of crew, so we definitely help run the garage sale a lot. But okay. we also help put on the show, and mm-hmm. the show at the end of the week is a really great start to what our season's going to be like, and we get to sort of experience for the first time what we really do. Yeah. So how much of what you will be doing, what the show will be like this year, do you know right now? Or is that part of what camp is all about? At the beginning, we honestly know nothing. Like (laughs) the show just all comes together in the end. Like throughout the year, it just changes so much. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of by design? This is the way you introduce, this is what we're going to do. And this is, you know, how we... Yeah, that's correct. Um, You know, it takes us a while to plan everything out. Mm -hmm. So I met with our choreographer a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we started putting some ideas together, and then we have to kind of wait and see how everything comes together. But uh, probably sometime today, I'll announce the competition show music to the kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, This week, we just put together a summer show. It's just a teaching week. We learn a lot of dance technique, a lot of vocal technique. Well, I was going to say, what what is a what is a week at camp like for FFE? I mean, how is you know what do you do? What's a typical day like? A day for us is a lot different for days for singer dancers, but we all are just putting in so much work to try to get our foundationals down mm-hmm. and to build everything that we need to have a successful week. So there are rehearsals all day, a lot of dance rehearsals where the singer-dancers learn a lot of technique and a lot of vocal rehearsals where we learn all the music and everything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot like a, like a sports uh, camp where, I mean, you know, you go to a football game on Friday night, you don't see what goes in behind the scenes, and this is the same thing. When you go and see a performance, uh, you don't really uh, appreciate everything that goes in behind the scenes. Right. So, uh, how do you how do you start from from scratch? I mean, obviously, you know, you start from scratch every year. Almost. Yeah, we do. You know, I just listen to a lot of music, yeah. uh, and I think a show choir director is always thinking of how a song can be used in a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually, for me, I mean, uh, this probably seems obvious, but I start with the opener to the show, mm-hmm. and I feel like once I have the opener, 
then everything else kind of falls together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a big week, uh, obviously, to lay the foundation for yeah. what will be a busy season. What's on the schedule this year for Well, FFA? we're going back to Nashville to show Choir Nationals. Uh, that's become our yearly thing. And, uh, you know, it's we love competing at a national level, and it's the best one. And we're on stage at the Grand Ole Opry, so what could be better? Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. Um, and then our normal competition season, uh, we're going to head over to Medina. They have a beautiful auditorium over there, um, Medina, south of Cleveland. Uh, we're going to go back to Indiana this year to a competition. We haven't been to Indiana in quite a few years. So those are just a, a handful of the competitions and things yeah. that you'll be doing this year. Obviously, in order to do that requires uh, funding, and that's right. where the garage sale comes that's right. into play. Yeah, the garage sale has become our biggest fundraiser of the year. Uh, just the community is so gracious. I mean, first we have to have things to sell. So the community just donates items to sell. Mm -hmm. uh, the entire Finley High School cafeteria is packed full of stuff. We have a little bit of everything. Um, and uh, then the parents do an incredible amount of work this week to make it all happen. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. The uh, collection actually begins today, right? Yeah, it begins today. Uh, the parents are going to drop some things off this morning. Community donations start at 1 o'clock today. Okay. Uh, and if anybody wants to donate today, they could just drive up in the front of Finley High School. Uh, there'll be some FFE parents and our crew that will be there to get their donations and take it into the cafeteria. Simple as that. And then the garage sale itself is when? The garage sale starts Thursday. Okay. Uh, we have the early bird sale. Uh, it's $5 to get into the early bird sale. Uh, it's really quite a moment. It's one of my favorite moments of the entire summer to see all of the people come in and uh, they're, they're just rushing into the school to get their, their, their goodies. Um, then the sale is all day Friday and then Saturday morning. Okay. And uh, like we said, this is the main fundraiser for uh, FFE. Yeah. You know, we're, we're blessed in this community to have several other big fundraisers where people come to see our shows. Uh, yeah, but this is the big one. Our, our record year was $25,000. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So, and, and that, like we said, uh, it goes to travel expenses and it goes like to, uh, yeah, it just goes into our general fund, you know, choreography okay. costumes are by far our largest expenditure. Mm -hmm. We buy new costumes every year. Um, choreography, travel, equipment, music licensing, all the things that we got to do. Yeah. So, uh, again, if you want to support uh, FFE, this is a, a great week to do it. Get some uh, great stuff, too, with the yeah. uh, garage sale. Great week. So, um, what do you look forward to the most uh, the uh, performing uh, season? What's the best? I mean, Kevin was talking about, you know, all of the places that you're going and, and so on. What's your favorite part? Well, my favorite part is the amount of like new people that join the group, and then you see their growth from the beginning to the end of the year. Mm -hmm. They just like change so much and like mature throughout the year. Yeah, I I think that my favorite part is probably just seeing everybody come together for one goal, like regardless of what happens outside of 
practices, what happens outside of rehearsals and shows. Like, we are a team, and we all really support each other, and that's clear with the alumni that come to the shows and support us. And it also is uh, really cool this week to see all of this come together with the uh, with the kids, with the parents, that, I mean, it, it really, everything comes together right. this week. That's one right. of the things that makes this special. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest part of summer camp, is coming together as mm-hmm. a group. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, my answer to your question is just the relationships that yeah. we all form mm-hmm. throughout the year and then going to nashville is pretty darn cool too oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's right up there that's right up there uh more details on the ffe garage sale at our webpage. you can uh, check it out goodmornings.net so uh, uh check that out again the uh donation collection begins today for the general public at what you yeah, said today one. at one o'clock okay yeah. and then the garage sale itself the early bird is thursday and then Friday correct. and Saturday. Yeah, right. that's correct. Very good. Uh, again, goodmornings.net for more. Kevin Manley with us from uh, Findlay First Edition, Kennedy uh, Garmong, and uh, Carter Riedel. Thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Best of luck at camp this week. We appreciate Thank you, it. Chris. Thank you, so Thank you very much. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Undercover police officers in Flagstaff, Arizona, are now being investigated themselves for inappropriate conduct. Apparently, they were investigating uh, some massage parlors, and at least one of the officers frequented these uh, establishments eight times in 48 hours. (laughs) All in the name of a very serious investigation, you understand. Uh, Another officer investigated three months later to see if the business would accept debit cards. (laughs) Uh, One of the officers claims he did not know when to stop the activity and describes confusion regarding whether or not his pants should stay on. (laughs) So the officers are in trouble for perhaps uh, enjoying their job a little too much <clears throat> a little too dedicated to their work get you into trouble uh elsewhere in the uh, broken news a florida man is in jail after he tried to get away from police on his riding lawnmower over the weekend dusty mobley hopped on the mower and took off when okaloosa county sheriff's deputies came knocking on his door on saturday morning <laughs> hopped on his riding lawnmower I got to get out of here. Uh, Deputies chased him down and tased him before taking him into custody. Uh, The uh, 40-year-old Mr. Mobley now facing a long list of charges, including grand theft, possession of a concealed weapon by a convicted felon, carrying a concealed handcuff key, and uh, fleeing an officer. Fleeing arrest. That's (laughs) just throw that in just for good measure. (laughs) <laughs> riding lawnmower they'll never catch me uh let's see now this is just crazy last august uh police this starts with a very sad story last august police recovered the bodies of ellen chung and jonathan garish their one-year-old daughter and their dog near a trail in California's Sierra National Forest. Do you remember this story? Very tragic story. Police ruled that they died of extreme heat exhaustion and dehydration as the temperature was uh, nearly 110 degrees on the day that they passed away. But 
Leave it to conspiracy theorists to think something nefarious was afoot. Uh, So, that leads us to this. An unnamed Michigan man in his mid-60s traveled to California to find out the true cause of death in this story. Prior to embarking on that same trail, which was closed, by the way, he told a fellow hiker he was going to personally investigate because he found the deaths odd. Well, it turns out it's a good thing he told someone where he was going because when that same hiker noticed the man's car was still in the parking lot the next morning, he called authorities, and according to the Mariposa County Sheriff's Office, the man was located on the Heights Cove Road portion of the trail. The conspiracy theorist was out of water, suffering from badly blistered feet and dehydration. Who couldn't have seen this coming? Uh, The man reportedly lost sight of the trail and was unable to call for help because the area has no cell reception. Once rescued and treated, he drove away against medical advice, said Sheriff Jeremy Brees. It's it's hard not to be angry about this particular rescue mission to have someone purposely put themselves in danger using vital resources and potentially putting the safety of our staff in danger. All to try to prove us wrong is maddening. He said, if a conspiracy leads you to risk your life for the sake of maybe finding the truth, maybe it's better to just stay home. Just argue with people online. Maybe that's the, uh, do that next time. Crazy. Man. <clears throat> Elsewhere in the broken news. <laughs> in uh, Tokyo, Japan. The uh, local zoo there has a bit of a problem. You see, they have uh, they have a, a group of penguins with very expensive tastes, uh, and they are giving their caregivers the cold shoulder. The Hakone N Aquarium near Tokyo recently switched to a cheaper mackerel to feed the penguins because inflation price has been going up. They uh, switched to a cheaper <laughs> cheaper source of fish. Well, guess what? The the penguins are having none of it. The zookeepers say the uh, penguins spit out the fish um, and would only eat the cheaper fish if it is mixed in with a more expensive fish. (laughs) They spoiled their penguins, and now the penguins won't eat the cheap stuff. (laughs) Apparently, the otters uh, also have shown a preference for the fancy fish. So... They've got very picky penguins and otters there at the Tokyo Zoo, and it's a problem (laughs) with the rising costs. They can't afford to feed them now. (laughs) And finally, in the broken news this morning, I love this story out of um, Connecticut, I believe this is. A woman is $300 richer thanks to a scorned mother and a secondhand coach a handbag. Uh, Lenora Silverman shared online her uh, experience. Um, and here's the story. Uh, Leona was uh, shopping at the local Goodwill and came across a coach handbag. She said it was pretty beat up and needed, uh, needed some TLC, but it was only seven bucks. So she went ahead and bought the bag. As she began cleaning it up, she found an envelope tucked under the bottom flap of the bag, which contained $300 and a note. Uh, 
The note read, quote, I have three children who will give my things to goodwill the moment I die. So I am putting their inheritance inside all of my favorite things. <laughs> uh, the story gets even better because it explains why that particular bag was among her favorite things. This coach bag, the letter says, was given to me years ago by my husband's girlfriend. Well, actually, I came home early from a visit to my parents' house in Connecticut. Uh, she must have left quickly because she forgot her bag and her shoes. <laughs> I carried this bag every day, wondering if my husband ever knew that it was his girlfriend's. <laughs> uh, but because her kids don't want her favorite bag, she stuffed in enough money for the lucky buyer of the purse to buy yourself a new bag. The uh, note was signed, Love, Martha. <laughs> uh, once the story was shared online, incidentally, Coach, the Coach Company, commented on the story, writing in all capital letters, Martha is an icon, along with three golden heart emojis. <laughs> well, that's one way to get even. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN needs your help to stuff the bus with school supplies for needy students in our area. Go to WFIN.com for donation information. Bring your donation to the Yellow School Bus at the Tiffin Avenue McDonald's in Finley Thursday and Friday, July 14th and 15th from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturday, July 16th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. School supply registration forms are required and can be accessed at cchsupport.org. Stuff the Bus, brought to you by McDonald's and 1330 WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Later today uh, at the White House, there will be a gathering to mark the signing a couple of weeks ago of that uh, bipartisan gun legislation that would uh, strengthen background checks and uh, um, fund crisis intervention, including red flag laws, uh, among other things. Also happening, lawmakers in Washington expected to take up a bill this week uh, that uh, would, it's called the Active Shooter Act, would allow law enforcement to push out Amber Alert-style warnings to a community about active shooter reports. And so uh, some movement on uh, legislation re with respect to gun violence. And that, uh, once again, has become a huge topic of debate in this country with the uh, number of school shootings and, and uh, the 4th of July parade shooting here locally. The, the shooting in, in Cary uh, over the weekend is a shocking story. So this really has become front and center in the debate. A new uh, poll from NPR and Ipsos. Uh, they surveyed gun owners, and they found that the overwhelming majority favor some modest restrictions on guns, including universal background checks. 80% uh, favor universal background checks. And again, these are gun owners. Uh, they also found strong support for raising the minimum age to buy guns to 21. 67% would favor that for all firearms, 72% for the so-called assault-style rifles. 
Red flag laws to prevent potentially dangerous people from owning guns. 65% of gun owners uh, favor uh, that idea. But most of them are against banning those semi-automatic assault-style weapons. 55% are against a ban. Although Democratic gun owners are in favor and doubt new gun control measures would stop mass shootings, uh, Republican Uh, Republicans, again, more likely to feel this way. Um, 61% said those measures would be unlikely to stop mass shootings anyway. Uh, Additionally, uh, some gun owners, particularly those uh, who are Republicans, think that passing new gun laws is a slippery slope toward taking all guns away. Overall, 56% said it is more important to protect gun rights than control gun violence. But there was a major partisan divide there. 80% of Republican gun owners uh, felt that way. Nearly 90% of Democratic gun owners said uh, controlling gun violence should be the priority. So none of these uh, results are necessarily surprising uh, as the debate continues uh, over guns, I just thought it was an uh, interesting uh, poll out over the weekend from Ipsos and NPR on the gun issue, again, front and center once again in this country. Well, you, before you know it, the Hancock County Fair is going to be upon us. I know what you're thinking. We just got through the 4th of July and already we're looking ahead to Labor Day weekend, but for the... Uh, 4-H kids, the 4-H clubs, the countdown is already well underway. And joining us uh, in the studio this morning, Lauren Berner-Kitzler, 4-H youth development uh, ed- extension educator. And uh, you brought somebody with you this morning, uh, Lauren. I did, yes. Good morning, everybody. So today joining me is my intern, Megan Schulte. Megan, Hi, welcome. everybody. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am from Putnam County, okay. and I am in my last semester at Ohio State, so I will graduate next month, and I am very excited for that. Um, I am an aspiring extension educator like Lauren herself, so okay. this has been a good experience to be under her. So uh, you're looking to get into uh, the extension program at 4-H uh, Youth Development uh, as well? Yes, yes, okay. yep. So uh, what, what attracts you to that particular aspect of the extension uh, program? So I grew up through 4-H and FFA as well, so it was always an interest to me, yeah. but then I really dove into Extension and seeing how they impact kids and how they provide these opportunities to make um, county kids better, so I thought, wow, this is a great way to give back. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Lauren, as we mentioned, uh, things coming in at a good time because you're really starting to uh, get ready for the uh, fair at this point. Not yeah. just the state fair, the uh, not just the county fair, but the state fair too. Definitely, so. definitely. So state fair begins uh, July fifth 25th 25th runs to august 7th and mm-hmm. then we uh those kiddos come back from the state fair and we move right into county fair starting labor day weekend so august 31st to september 5th so it's a busy time of year very coming busy for what's us. going on right now for the forage uh, clubs okay yeah so for right now what what we're having is project judging day so all of those non-livestock uh kiddos taking those projects are going through project day one and two mm-hmm. so we've already had one done and completed this week this wednesday is project judging day two and then come august we will have our livestock evaluation interviews for our livestock kiddos okay so a very busy time and this coming off uh camp you just got done with uh with camp too 
We did, yes. Uh, I will let Megan explain her experience at camp as I was able to take her with me. So, uh-huh. yes. lucky you. I grew up going to camp, but we went to a different camp than Camp Ohio, which Hancock County goes to. So it was a new experience for me as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a Western theme this year. So everything was all decked out, decorated in Western. Um, all the activities that the counselors um, planned were Western themed. And I think the kiddos really had a great time at camp this year. You know, uh this is one of the things that a lot of the the older kids kind of uh, help plan the uh, camp, right? Through the, through this whole thing, yes. Process. Our camp counselors are yeah. um, freshmen to seniors in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, they have camp experience under their belt, but they are responsible right. for fully planning um, all the activities, um, flag raising and lowering, and the, all the stuff that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they really make camp what it is for the campers. So does that make does that make your job easier? As uh, you know, kind of the person in charge i think yes <laughs> um essentially but we're also in charge of all the counselors so we're yeah. kind of overseeing their activities and make sure Making they stay, sure on they stay on track yeah we're there for guidance yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we want this to be their program but mm-hmm. we are here you know making sure rules are being followed and guidelines so you know the the, the reason i kind of bring that up is because and, and we've talked about it be, uh, before i know with you lauren and and some of your predecessors a lot of what 4-h is, is about building leadership and and again we talk about you know the projects and the judging and you know that's sort of the thing that everybody sees the outward uh part of 4-h but there's a lot that goes on you know that that it's the underlying purpose there absolutely there's a lot of behind the scenes work that a lot of people don't realize and even myself when i was in 4-h i never yeah. realized how much the extension office does behind the scenes to prepare you whether it be for camp for fair for judging day um there's there's a lot behind the scenes that doesn't that doesn't necessarily get recognized all the time. Yeah, so. and I would imagine Megan is uh, you're starting to get more into that as well. And just again, this is sort of a realization for you. Yes, okay. yes. When you're going through it, you don't understand um, yeah. how much that work has been put into it, and what needs done, and what needs organized, and um, the spreadsheets for records <laughs> for future. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, busy time for the, uh, 4-H, uh, clubs right now. Anything that they need to know that they don't already know that, I mean, you know, important information for them to be aware of? Uh, just important things. We are about 50 days till fair time, so okay. that the countdown is on. Yep. Um, the next couple of things for clubs in the county is just finishing those projects for our non-livestock as well as livestock, and then starting to plan uh, their fair booth design. So the theme this year is moving and grooving. So each club designs a fair booth out at our youth building out at the fair just to show off their displays of what they've done all year round. So right. just working on those those beginning steps of creating that fair booth. A lot of things to do between now and fair time. And again, not just the Hancock County Fair, but as we mentioned, the state fair as well. Um, how many uh, of the local youth be going to the state fair? I guess we don't really know at this point, right? Because the judging and that sort of thing still has to be done. So. Correct, yeah. Uh, there are certain projects that do not move on to state fair, but majority of the projects taken here in Hancock County do move on okay. to state fair. So that's something our office is working on, organizing those um those kiddos to go down as you get a fair pass and enjoy the, the ohio state fair for the day so a lot of things going so when you're at the state fair this year and great to have the state fair back this yeah, year definitely uh i know everybody's excited about that make sure you check out all of that and look for the uh, hancock county kids so uh again uh thanks for uh, dropping by lauren Berner uh, kitzler with us 4-h uh, youth development uh the hancock county osu extension megan thanks very much for uh coming by we uh, appreciate yeah, thank you, you. nice to meet you 
Uh, more details on our webpage with all of the things that are going on with 4-H. Go to goodmornings.net. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the Findlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce is now accepting nominations for their annual Small Business Awards. We'll get details on how you can help recognize those deserving entrepreneurs. So until tomorrow morning... That is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.